Business Unusual, separating economic facts from fiction. Good evening and welcome to Business Unusual. I am Mona Lisa Dube. This evening we are going to be speaking to George Mutenda Zamera, who is going to be telling us about his new book, Winning the God Way. George is a life coach. Uh, and he's a founder and CEO at Vula Unlock Consulting. Thank you so much for making time to have a chat with us. Thank you very much, uh, Mona Lisa. It's an absolute honor for me to be here. All right, so thank you. Let's let's get to know you a bit before we get into um, your latest offering. I understand that you are, like I did say, you are the founder and CEO at Vula Unlock Consulting as well as a, as a life coach. Um, tell us some of the work that you do. And I also did a bit of research about you. You also, um, you have a low background? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so I'm an executive uh, business and life coach, as you rightly say, at uh, Vula Unlock Consulting. I'm based in Johannesburg, but I'm also uh, an author, I'm a speaker, I facilitate uh, strategy workshops, I like teaching, and I'm a Proctor Gallagher Institute consultant. I work with uh, the lead book Proctor in facilitating uh, mindset programs. Um, on the coaching front, I sit as a non-executive director of the International Coaching Federation, South Africa Charter Chapter. And uh, before all this, I was an attorney. I practiced as a lawyer for 10 years. Uh, then uh, got the itch to move on. I joined corporate as a- Why though? Why though? Why did I leave practice? Yes. I think, I think on everyone's journey, there is you, you kind of like going up a hill. Right. Uh, and you get to the top of the hill, realize, hey, there's another hill to climb there. Uh, and, and really, I needed to grow myself. And really, you will see as we talk that the desire to become better, 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 better. Right. Uh, always drives people on. Uh, you don't want to be in one place forever. As a child, all I wanted to be was a lawyer. That's all I wanted to be. And I got to be a lawyer and then realized maybe there's something else. Then I went into comments. I spent a number of years uh, as a legal advisor and corporate affairs. Did a bit, dabbled a bit in marketing. Um, ended up in Johannesburg with responsibilities across Africa. We're 16 countries there. We had issues around alcohol strategy, competition law strategy, and I spent a bit of time here. But before that, I also had a responsibility on various board positions, both in public and private. Um, yeah, I was born in Mutare, uh, grew up there, and uh, my mom was a school teacher. 
my my father had different jobs, but I think he's known for his political activities there. Right. And so that, that, that was me. Okay. So we now have an understanding of of who you are, where you've been, and maybe probably now that you are a life coach. Like I mean, there are a number of people that are in consulting and that are life coaches, and uh, I think you have gone on to actually write a book. But hey. Everyone has something to say these days, right? What what makes your mm-hmm. your book different? Okay, I suppose this way to start with why did I write a book? Um, it comes from the background that says success is uh, my definition of success, which I borrowed from El Nightingale, is the progressive realization of a worthy goal. So progressive realization of a way they go. But it's also underpinned by an understanding and an acceptance that the mind is the greatest power in all of creation. Right. The mind is the greatest power in all creation. Why? Because that equates to you are created in the image of God. And what does that say? That says that you can achieve whatever you want to achieve if you put your mind to it. If you put your mind to it, and therefore, how do you put your mind to it? You start by creating goals. Right. No, but but before we we get into that, because I know that we are going to maybe get into what your your book is about and uh, the the different chapters in it. So before we get into that, I just really need uh, you to tell us what it is what it is that makes your book different. That would want. What's the reason why? the person who's listening should actually go out to buy your book. Yeah, the reason why you would go out and buy the book is first, you must have a genuine desire to set goals. Because right from the start, what it talks to you about is this. It says to you, you need to master the act of goal setting. Right. Having done that, it's not enough just to set the goals. You must now take the responsibility to bring that to life. And having done that, you need to develop an attitude that gets you there. And all these uh, factors, we will talk about if you are in a coaching engagement. So you must understand the book is premised on how do we get people to be the very best version of themselves. Right. We do that this way. So why would you buy the book? is that if you're keen on creating goals and changing from where you are to where you want to be. Absolutely. And I know that, um, you know, most of us, we wake up in the morning and we have like targets. Like, you know, when I get to the office, I have to do A, B, C, D. Um, And I know that a lot of people talk about, oh, you actually have to write down your goals so that they are accomplished and you have them written down somewhere. So let's talk about what comes after the stage when you have actually defined these goals. what's, What's next for you to actually make sure that they happen? Aha, okay. So having created a goal, let's give an example because it's always easier when you bring something concrete. You want to build a house. That's your end game. That's your destination. That's your goal. How do you get there? We talk about milestones and actions. Milestones are those landmarks along 
the way to the achievement of your goal. Some people use the word mini goals, but they are landmarks that get you there. So if you're driving to Bulawe, you drive from Harare, you'd get to Norton, you'd get to Kadoma. Each of those is a landmark. It's a milestone that gets you to your goal. Right. So it's, 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 it's baby steps that you need to take for you to uh-huh. accomplish what you want to do. But, you know, you know, um, they are different. People have different aspirations and, like you said, different goals. But sometimes life happens. Sometimes it's maybe the environment you're born in or the environment that you're operating in or maybe you are working in an environment that doesn't seem to be you know progressing to anything you know in in zimbabwe my company so how then do you incorporate the space in which you are operating from or even like just your environment where you were born or how you grew up how then does that come into play in terms of goal setting and actually achieving the goals? Uh That's a good question because in the book towards the end, we talk about being proactive and ensuring that you take control of the things that are within your control and uh, not spend time on things that are out of your control. How how do you define what's in my what's in in my control and what is not within my control well that's going to depend depend on individuals but if i give you an example of what's 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 in your control there's a war right ukraine the states etc there's that war no one you and i don't have control over that right so if you had set a goal that had anything to do with a product coming out of the ukraine which won't come because of the war you now need to 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 review, re-evaluate your goal to ensure you achieve a goal despite what is happening in that environment. Right. So you don't have control over that. But what you have control over is how you respond to everything that comes up around you. So in a goal-setting process, let's go back to that house. You want to build a house. So you set your milestones. Your milestones are, first, I need to find the land. I need to go and get an architect. I need to find money from the bank. I need all those steps you write down all the ways you go. And something changes along the way. Now, goals are not cast in concrete. You then revisit, evaluate, review as you go along. What's changed? Is the goal still relevant? Has it changed? Yes, it's changed. What do we need now to accommodate to ensure that we are on track? Because your goal is there. You still want to build the house. Uh, Maybe there's no cement this month. Uh, It will be there in two months. How are you going then to adjust your goal, your timelines to ensure you get there? So the goal remains. It might be amended here and there depending on developments. But... because you have no influence on all these other the production of cement and all that right you still do pursue the goal ensuring that it's evalu- evaluated and reviewed so how though months. how especially if like you indicated some of the factors may be completely out of my control but they contribute to whether a person can achieve that goal or not 
Okay, so let's let, let's let's start. Maybe take go a step back and talk about when we talk about goals. What are we talking about? We're talking about smart goals, right? They're specific, they're measurable, uh, they're attainable, realistic, and they're time bound. That's 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 your measure of smart goal of, of goals. But there's also what we call them smarter goals, which means they are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time-bound, and you're evaluating and right. reviewing and reviewing as you go. So as as the environment changes, you, you evaluate and review. How do we still get to point X where you want to go, bearing in mind what has developed in the environment we're playing in? Does it mean the goal doesn't happen? Does it mean we amend it? Does it? But your it's own goal. That's the evaluation so, process. Yes, because goal setting is is life happens. You you live in the real world. And the real world will say things will change tomorrow. Right. They might. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. we are talking to George Mutenda Zamera, who is uh, the author of Winning the Gold Way, the God Way, and we're just going through uh, some of the aspects of the book. I know at the end of the conversation, uh, he's going to tell us where and how to purchase the book. Now, there is a part of the book where you talk about the need to have a like the right the right attitude you call it the winning attitude Let, let's talk about that for a second because in the beginning you talked about how your mind is the one that propels you to go to the next stage so each of us has what we call in coaching uh, a paradigm the paradigm is are your beliefs that sit in your subconscious mind. They are who Mona Lisa is, the food she likes, the people she talks to, the language she speaks. That sits in your subconscious mind. And that's your paradigm. And your paradigm controls about 96% of your behavior, of your automatic behavior. So you don't think about tying your shoes or driving. All those things happen automatically. So that's your paradigm. Now, when we talk about a winning attitude, people who succeed, let's, and let's contextualize it. Uh, let me give you an example. We go to, uh, we want to buy glass, glassware for the, for, for, for the dining room. And we go to a specific shop and uh, we, we're going to buy one item because we think that's missing on it. We get there, and there's a sales lady there. And she attends to us. She is a real pro. Shows you everything, gives you options, encourages. By the time we left that place, we have bought not one, not two, but we're sitting on five, six items that we actually didn't want to buy. Right. Why? Why? Because her attitude was such that she made it easy for you to make a decision now if we flip that coin and you go into this a different place you want the same thing and the person behind the counter is so negative they don't talk to you they, and i've had many many experiences of that you actually walk out of the place and say, actually i'm not going to buy here not because i don't want the glass anymore but i just this attitude doesn't sit with me 
So how does that relate to one's personal journey of achieving goals and being the best version of themselves? Aha. So an attitude that then says, so I've just created these goals. I'm pursuing my goals. Then there's inevitably life happens, like we said, you get what we call headwinds, things that force you to reconsider, relook. Now, a winning attitude says, I will get my goal. I will have to reevaluate. I might have to do things that I hadn't planned to do, but I will do it because this, I have a desire to achieve. An attitude that's not winning says, Oh, well, headwinds have come. I'm abandoning this and I'm going. So I'm no longer doing the goal. So you need to develop that. An attitude that says, actually, I will persist, but make the necessary adjustments as I go along to ensure that I get to the point that I want to. So an attitude of winning, an attitude of, of, of uh, what's, I'm trying to find a word, a proper attitude that gives you the ammunition to keep going right because uh, success in life is 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 doesn't it's not it's, it's not you don't get it from anyone other than you can i just say one remember i said that the mind is the greatest power in all of creation your mind is the one that gets you result but you're made in god's image like i said so you have all the tools to achieve what you want. But if you don't switch on, I'm going to get it button, it won't happen, even though you have the ability to achieve. Right. This is Business Unusual. I'm Annalisa Dubey. This evening, we are talking about winning in you know, your journey in the corporate space, your journey in your personal life, and how to make the, the most out of yourself as an individual as you grow up the corporate ladder. Like Now, before, uh, earlier rather, you spoke about how it's important to have smart goals, which uh, entails that they also have to be realistic, uh, etc. So... And just now we're talking about having a winning attitude. And I know that there's a chapter in your book where you talk about how it's important for one to dream big and not to hold back, but also set big goals. So how does one strike that balance between um, achieving or setting realistic goals, but at the same time, you would like to dream big? Okay. So we... You talk about uh, dreaming big and not holding back because when you are creating goals it is you who has the license as it were maybe let me give you an example everything that you know the studio you're sitting in the cell phone everything that we take we're talking using to communicate was at one stage a picture in someone's mind the car you drive, everything was at some stage a picture in someone's mind. Someone says, I'm going to create something that will move on its own. I'm going to create this. So as you sit, you can say, I want to create this thing because it's a picture in your mind. At that stage, don't limit yourself to 
saying, oh, the thing that I'll create must only move one meter. Say to yourself, it will move 2,000 meters. If ultimately it ends at 10 meters, that's all good. But the point is, as you kick off, don't limit yourself. So we say, as, as Christians, don't limit God. Don't say, I am going to, oh, just a little bit. No. Dream very big. Make goals that, in fact, when I talk about goals in, in chapter one, there are three types of goals. This is what we call the A-type goal, the B-type goal, the C-type goal. The A-type goal is something that you know how to do. It's not too big, it's a small goal. A B-type goal is something that is going to give you a bit of stretch. The C-type goal is the one that scares you. It's the one that says, man, I'm going to build this organization that's going to be a global organization. Right. You have nothing, you have nothing but a little chair and an office. And you say to yourself, this organization is going to be, you're going to go into Japan and you see this organization. Now, that's dreaming big. Will you get there? Let's see how you, you execute. But don't create a goal that's so small that really <laughs> I encourage make big goals. <laughs> Put it that way. Make big goals. Now we are create talking about we are talking about um, growing individuals and we know that individuals are the ones, if it's in a corporate setting, they are the ones that are making a company or that are enabling a company achieve its goals, etc. So in your opinion, why is it important for employers to also invest in the personal growth of their employees? To what extent does this contribute to productivity, you think? Excellent question, because uh, I'm, I'm always talking about that. Let me, let me go back and wind back. I told you uh, that I've been around the block, okay? <laughs> so I worked in, in, in practice and I was in corporate. In those days, we didn't have this concept of coaches. And so the issue of coaches later began to creep in, but it was viewed as kind of remedial in the sense that X isn't doing too well, we need to up his game so we give him a coach. Whereas what you bring a coach in for is when Lionel Messi is playing, you know he's great, but you still give him a coach. Why? You want somebody who will become better than they are. And so when you're executive, whether it's in production, etc., uses a coach, he or she will get better and become more productive, more valuable, stay with your organization. They won't leave. I'll give you an example. There's a guy called Eric Schmidt. Eric Schmidt was the CEO of Google and um, became chairman of Google. And initially, he was a board, as a board member, a board member said to him, you need a coach. And he says, oh, no, I'm smart. Why do I need a coach? Anyway, he agreed to use the coach. Today, he is the biggest proponent of the use of coaches in organizations. Why? Because they unlock absolute value that employees hold within themselves, but is not being utilized by organizations. And therefore, 
when when you say what's the benefit you organizations make quantum leaps by using uh coaches right so as we as we wrap up this conversation how can one get hold of a copy of winning the god way okay so winning the god way is on amazon so you go if you go on amazon.com look for the name of the author and you're able to purchase your book the physical copies what we call the hard copies of paperback will be available from the first of july we will put we are putting on our website pre-order on the website um, but obviously your pre-order won't include courier charges because we need to know where you are first and then that 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 comes in later but you can pre-order but the easiest is to get it off amazon and amazon.com you can get either read it off kindle or get a paperback off of that George Mutemanzamera, author of Winning the God Way. Thank you so much um, for your time with us here on Business Unusual as we're talking about how it's important for one to develop themselves and grow themselves in order to be the best version of themselves, especially within uh, the corporate space. I appreciate your time with us. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Go out and buy the book. And that wraps up Business Unusual tonight. I'm Anelisa Dube. Stay with us here on ZFM Stereo. Business Unusual, separating economic facts from fiction.